episode of the FL Amateurs of Oz podcast. On deck after a nice little one 0 win is my co-host um, Damo. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good to uh, be back after a, a win. Yeah, no, definitely. West Ham are massive again, mate. <laughs> um, also joining us is D10 Football. How are you, mate? Yes, very good. Good to be back on the pod. Uh, last time I was on here, I made some very, very good predictions about Coutinho, Mares, other Razzleship and stuff like that. I said Starship this time, mate. It's just leveled up. I didn't even mean that. I meant the spaceship straight off the UFO. But um, yeah, last time, obviously, it was very, very good, even though I didn't get the green arrow that 60% of the time, all the time, every time. This time is going to be that time. You know, I'm feeling it. So yeah, happy to be back. No, definitely. Um, as I said, I had to change the um, the slogan for the, the podcast show after <laughs> you getting a red arrow. So now it's um, 60% of the time, every time. So um, we should get a green arrow this week, maybe. Oh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it comes with a disclaimer this time. <laughs> no, I just didn't read the fine print, mate. But it's all good. <laughs> I might get on to how our weeks went. So I captained Son this week for a good eighteen points. Um, sort of, I had eight Nori and Mares, which you know, one got benched and one got rested. So a whole one point between those two. So finished the week on forty-eight points. Um, after playing my wild card, so it went from 15k to 18k, but I sort of had a look at the side I would have had if I didn't do the wild card, and I would have been eight points worse off. So 48, not an attractive score, but um, better than 40 points. So I'll take take the win. Um, how'd you go, Damo? Yeah, so for me, uh, I ended up on 50 minus four because uh, so I took 46. A- uh, that would be 46, wouldn't it? <laughs> Quick maths. Uh, I uh, captain's uh, big horse were unfortunately uh, blanked this week. Uh, my stars were Cancelo, Livramento again, uh, who I did mention last week as an option. Uh, Son uh, flops pretty much myself because I left Foster on the bench. Should have um, should have actually realised that uh, Man United are rubbish and. Uh, Foster ended up with uh, all three bones as well. So a bit unfortunate for that. But, uh, yeah, so rank's still hovering around about the 400K mark. But uh, I'm not really looking at that. It's more of a bit of enjoyment these days. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. How about yourself, D10? Yeah, mate, less said the better. 39 points (laughs) this week uh, on my wild card. But I've prepared my wild card for this coming uh, double game week which in hindsight, maybe I could have just sat with my team that I had, but I needed to bring in some Chelsea assets, etc. because we're moving into that part of the fixture now. Uh, but from the 39 points, my biggest, my biggest error was captaining Mares instead of Son, because I thought, um, well, I believed that uh, City were going to go to town on Everton, and they kind of did, but they just didn't score the goals, and Mares obviously didn't start. When he came on at the end... He was involved, uh, the fourth pass for the goal. So he's still there or thereabouts. I didn't get the Bernardo assist, which I was fuming about. Cancelo got nine points. Song got nine points. And if I'd captain either of them, then we'd be having a different conversation. But that was my uh, game, 39 points. So one under the, uh, the average. So I'm not too upset after the week that I had previous. No, definitely. Well, I reckon maybe they can uh, introduce the ice hockey scoring system. So even if you're the fourth pass, you still get the assist. I think it's only fair. <laughs> yeah, they look. They should take it all the way back, really. If there's like 21 passes before a goal, just give each player two. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I think that that'd be a fair outcome for everyone. I don't think anyone <laughs> would disagree with that. I think I was. I think the thing I was lucky about is not many people captain Son. Uh, everyone kind of went with Wehorst. So, in that respect, the EO kind of worked out for me. There, I only lost maybe four points on everyone, considering we always played two matches. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I sort of. I, I think I spoke to you during the week. I was looking at doing Son, but then I sort of almost was tempted to go Mares as well, but sort of I just decided to keep it as I'd already set before I'd spoke to you. So I, I didn't think it was a bad pick. It was just a bit unlucky that Pep doesn't like Mares, um razzling people too much, so he had to sit him on the bench. It's true, isn't it? Like, he looks, you think, he, I swear he looks at the teams and he goes, no, no, we react not today because you're going to upset too many people. So he just <laughs> leave him on the bench there. And then he puts him for like just 10 minutes or whatever. And if there's a penalty, it's like, look, guys, let Riyadh take it. He's upset from being on the bench. So we'll go and take the penalty because that happened to me the week before because last yeah. week he didn't start either. Then he come on, got the penalty in the last moments. So he ended up with like, I think it was six or seven points. Um, but yeah, who knows, mate. However, predicting he starts against Manchester United because the game did change when he came on against Everton. But we'll speak about that more in a bit. No, definitely. I think um, they should have just included his goal this morning in the FA Cup, to be fair. Yeah, why so. that, didn't we? Like, why wouldn't you, if it is a football association, I suppose the Premier League's away from the football association now, if you really understand the politics of it, but the FA Cup, League Cup, Premier League, wouldn't it be cool if all three competitions counted towards goals, towards assists, uh, returns, etc., clean sheets? Then, in terms of double game weeks, you'd actually have, like, some very different double game weeks you wouldn't have these ones of postponements cancellations etc you know and then Burnley having all these stockpile game weeks they just they got games falling out their pockets at the minute um <laughs> yeah it'd be Captain Imaras against like Luton Town and uh, Norwich City yeah perfect you know and then he gets five goals fantastic <laughs> that's what you want I might get onto the Aussie Twitter template team. So this week they lined up with Pope in goals, me, Cancelo, and uh, Bednarak. I think that's how you say it. Uh, mm-hmm. Son, Bahon, Fernandez, Mares, and then uh, Wakehorse captain up front with Kane and Broja. So finished the week on 58 points. So smashed me, beat Damo, and beat D10. So yeah, <laughs> another three ticks for the template team this week. Who was the um, captain in the template team? Uh, Wakehorse. The horse, the workhorse. Yeah, really? Mm, okay. So, yeah, so pretty much it just works. They just pick the average of players across the Australian Twitter league and then it's yeah, just yeah. whatever the popular picks are. It's cool. Whatever. So this week they finished um, going from 52K down to 45K, so a nice little green arrow for them, um, but still <laughs> ranked below me. So I can say again, Damo, I'm better than the, the Twitter template at the moment, so... Always, uh, always. <laughs> uh, big, big win for Grass FC, mate. <laughs> Huge win, mate. Get the mower out. <laughs> we might get into our podcast league. So in first place, we've got the planner on 11, uh, 1887. And then second place, we've got Tom Davies on 1858. And then third place, we've got Origi Mini Marnie Moe. Uh, 1851 <laughs> <laughs> and then top score for the week was ben foster 4 p.m keenan on 77 points so i sort of he's one of the fellows that's uh, in one of my group chats so he was pretty pumped this morning um spruiking it and saying i better get a shout on the shout out on the pod so here's a shout out mate it'll be the first and last time um, <laughs> <laughs> uh damo mate sitting 38th in 16 30 points mate so um not not too bad um definitely um 
baby steps, mate, baby steps. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sitting eighth on 17.93, so a bit off the lead, but um, definitely um, still a few weeks for me to sort of draw back some um, points. Uh, and D10, you're sitting in 39, just behind Damo, 16.19, but Damo's laying there like a seal in the water, mate, and you're the great white shark, so... <laughs> why, is, why is that? Because of what? He's just floating there waiting for you to overtake him, mate. <laughs> uh, no, my team's... Last few game weeks, my team's really slowed down. I was doing really well at one stage. Um, I was into the... My best rank at one point was 280k, floating around in the 400s again. <laughs> ah, it's all good, mate. Another, it's going to be interesting, actually, these last sort of 10 weeks because mm. there's a mixture of double game weeks, good fixtures, people have played wild cards. It's Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. And then, obviously, people like Damo, you've left all your chips for your cash league as well. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be but interesting. I'm, I'm definitely eyeing off the, the huge double game week in, I think, game week 36 as the main one. Uh, definitely, I'm hoping that uh, obviously you know people like you that have run out of their chips by that time, uh, and just to utilise that that sort of uh, just before the end of the season, this come home for a rush. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I'm just waiting on more people to whinge on Twitter about something, and then I might get a third free hit. But <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, for anyone that hasn't joined our league, our league code is RBRN99. So definitely um, join. It's a bit of fun, a bit of banter, and um, yeah, see if you can beat me and Damo. Um, you might be able to pick anyone... off the, the lesser of the podcast, but. <laughs> And if anyone um, joins it that's uh, above the planner, um, do uh, do that because uh, he. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, would he care? Nah, I don't. <laughs> it's it's always good to have more competition, mate. Keeps you um well, keeps you see, pushing towards the end, mate. Seeing as he wrote his score as eleven hundred and eighty-seven, he's probably not going to be happy about. That. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, mate. That, um, that fingers. Is, mate. <laughs> Uh-huh. We might get into the, the game review. So I'll start with Brentford uh, losing 2-0 to Newcastle. I um, sort of thought Newcastle, you know, they've, they've been really good lately. And I sort of thought a couple of plays that sort of um, piqued my interest was Target. I sort of thought he looked good again, got forward quite a lot. Um, probably was unlucky not to get an assist um, when he passed it to Wood. And, you know, Wood's got a, a head like a triangle at the moment. So he missed the goal. Um, but he also got into the box and had a shot as well that was saved by the keeper. So definitely got into good areas and, you know, had the 89 touches, eight crosses and five key passes. So I think if anyone's looking at a bit of a downgrade from your Burnley assets, I think that he's definitely at 4.7, a good pickup. And also I, I like the look of Fraser as well. I thought he had a pretty decent game, got into a lot of good positions. So for people that are looking at maybe doing a double up for Newcastle, I actually think that, if St. Max is injured or you're not wanting to go for St. Max, I think that Fraser is a, a decent option there. But outside of that, I didn't really take too much interest in Brentford. Probably just looking at when Tony's going to be back because they do have decent fixtures. But it's more of a watch and wait for me. What do you think, Demo? Yeah, so for me, I've, I've just I've written two names here, one for Brentford, one for Newcastle. So for Brentford, uh, I, I'm looking at Tony the next two, especially with Norwich and Burnley um, in the next two. Sort of that's enough said. Um, he's coming back from injury. I think he's uh, right enough to start, and I think he'll kick on in the next two. Uh, for Newcastle, 
uh, I know this here was mentioned by, I think, FPL Addicts, um, uh, Willock at 5.7 million. He's gotten 6, 10 and 8 in the last three, so I think he's a good uh, good option for for, um, for Newcastle. No, definitely. Did you look at anyone in this game, D10? I saw a bit of the mini-match and I also watched some of the match analysis on Optus Sport. Um and look, I'm obviously I've got St. Max still in my team. I've just left him on the bench there because when he comes back, I think he's going to be super important to the team. But I think what's more interesting is the turnaround for Newcastle over, say, four or five game weeks, um, what Eddie Howe has done with the team, and also the position of Joel Linton uh, all this week. But he's more and more involved in attacking build-up, attacking play, third pass, second pass, and obviously getting the goal. Um, I think if you are going to have, let's say, like, because your forward lines are always very indifferent at the moment, um, I've got Brozier, Dennis, and St. Maximin. So instead of Dennis, you could have a Joel Linton. I don't know if you want to double up that way um, with two Newcastle strikers, but often this season I've found myself playing like a 4-5-1 or even a 3-5-2 or, you know, sometimes one or two strikers. I'm not playing with all three. Um, and I think if that's the case, then, you know, you can have Bruce Brozier by himself or Brozier St. Maximin and having Joel Linton sitting there in case one of your midfielders doesn't play. Because yeah. he always plays for Newcastle and, again, got onto the score sheet. And I think even... Go back as far as when um, Newcastle United drew with Manchester United 1-1. I think St. Maximum scored, but Joel Linton was unreal on that day as well. Like In terms of actual football playing, he was uh, fantastic. And I think it's only going to be a matter of time until we start to see this uh, the Hoffenheim Joel Linton. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. I sort of think he is pretty nailed as well. So I think he's safe with a little bit mm. of upside. So definitely, if you're not looking at St. Max or Fraser or Willick in the midfield there and you want a second... Newcastle asset, he's got a safe floor. And he's about eight foot one, so he gets on every header. Yeah, well, it's just a shame that Target didn't cross to him instead of Wood. <laughs> he might have had a it's goal. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I might get on to the next game, which was Spurs, 4-0 win to Leeds. Uh, what did you take out of the game, Demo? Yeah, so obviously everyone's battering Leeds at the moment. So um, as I said, as, as I say every week, they're getting close and closer to being re- relegated, and I think this season is the season they go down. Um, so for, for uh, Spurs, I um, I've got uh, Matt Doherty sort of put down. He's four point seven million. If he can, if he starts every game, he's an absolute bargain. He's zero point three percent owned. Uh, we know his quality. Uh, well, we knew his quality at. Wolves, we know he hasn't had the best sort of time at Spurs, but um, I think we can see the best out of him between now and the end of the season, and he's really one that we should be keeping an eye on. Uh, The next five include uh, a double in game week 29, uh, so uh, there should be more hauls. Uh, for this for this team and uh, for Dorrit in particular, like obviously Son can't really say much about Son. Uh, he's he's almost one of those players that is that sort of season keeper. 
Um, I really, really like their new pickup. Uh, I think it's Kulisevsky, I think his name is. Um, 13 and 8 in the last two. 6.0. He's a bit of a steal. He's 1.4% owned. Um, I think 6.0 is a bargain for what you like. You could potentially be getting um, from him. He's sort of um, he's sort of taking that sort of Mora. Um, uh, can't remember that. Can't if I've said that right. But the, the Mora sort of points like um, yeah. in the past we've sort of seen Son, Kane, Mora as sort of the three um, big scorers at Spurs. And um, in the last couple of weeks, he's sort of been everywhere um, for Spurs. And then, obviously, Kane. Is Kane back? Scored 15 in, in a double game week uh, and 11 uh, and eleven in the uh, uh, last game. Um, I think he may just be back, uh, which is great for Spurs. Like, obviously, they've been a bit Spursy and up and down um, in uh, in the games, obviously, losing to Middlesbrough, but uh, <laughs> in the FA Cup. So I've got to give a bit of shit, but um, being a West Ham uh, fan. But, uh, but yeah, I actually can see this uh, Spurs team doing quite well um, in the league and even potentially grabbing that elusive um, uh, top four spot with, with their run that's coming up. Um, in terms of leads, what can I really say? Like, Rafinha is... Basically, the team it should shouldn't be called Leeds United; it should be called Rafinha United. Um, I really, really want to say dump all your Leeds assets, but they, they've they've still got great fixtures, and they've got a double game week next game week, I believe. Um, so at this stage, I, I think you keep Rafinha and you dump the rest, but really, you shouldn't be having any other Leeds assets except for Rafinha in your side. So. Um, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> the summary of the, of that game, really. Um, how about uh, how about yourself, Q? Yeah, no, sort of. I'll talk about Sun. Um, I do like the shadow cooler Kulicheski, I think his name is. Yeah, he um, he's played pretty decent. I sort of have been asking Matt who is our FPL um, Spurs trooper, so been trying to get some uh, info out of him. But Son, you know, pretty pretty decent game. Got the assist towards the end of the game there. Um, Oh, sorry, the goal, sorry. Um, Easy probably could have had, um, like, a few goals there. He had 63 touches, um, one big chance miss. So I think that he's, as I said in previous pods, he's trending in the right direction. It's just whether he's going to finish those chances. So I agree. I think um, Spurs are going to finish the season good, and I think getting at least two assets, I think, is going to be a must, especially if they're double fixtures coming up. What do you think, D10? Um, you just faded out a little bit there, but you, you did say, what did you think, Dan, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it just went like robotic. That's all right. Look, in terms of Spurs and Leeds, um, obviously Spurs, very, very good. Um, they caught Leeds on the fly and they scored very, very early. Um, I think it was the, I think it was, was it Dyer who played the ball to Harry Kane for that first goal? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, oh, no, it was, it was Hoiberg who played. Harry Kane, another good uh, differential, also spoken about Matt, uh, spoken about by Matt Day, FPI addicts. But look, he's a Spurs fan, so he'll give you the lowdown on all of their players. If he could have eleven Spurs on his team, he'd probably do it. Um, <laughs> Harry Kane, I think he's back to some of his best. I think he's been getting some. Uh, look, I sh- yeah, in my opinion, I think he's been getting some poor uh, criticism because he is. In some matches, playing a deep-lying role. Um, look at the game against City where 
He's flicked the ball in between the right back and the centre back, and Sons ran onto it and squared for Kulisevsky. You know, like that was before the ball even came to him. He knew that was a pass he was going to make. Um, and you, oh, unfortunately, you don't get points for that in FPL. But I think it's a it's a bit of a sad reflection upon him um, because the work he's doing is like incredible. I think Harry Kane is really starting to come back into it now, uh, especially with. The introductions of Benton Kerr, Kulisevsky, as we've already talked about, on top of you've got your Lucas Moura, Son, um, and your other players that are now building that midfield. I think, yeah, I don't know if I want to agree with you guys saying Spurs can make that top four if they're going to go on and on. Uh, they seem to have a bit of a trend. Like, I don't know how you beat Man City, then lose to Burnley. I don't know how you smash Leeds and then lose to Middlesbrough. Um, you know, like, it, it's very... Uh, you guys are laughing, I'm being serious. <laughs> Like, it's very inconsistent. Um, yeah. I think if they can find that consistency under Conte, because Conte's completely changed them. They obviously had, a, like, a woeful start to the season. And I think that impacts a lot. Um, is not the Harry Kane that we've seen of previous seasons, where he's banging 18, 20 goals. Yeah. You know, season before that, he had the calendar year where he was the most goals in the in the world. Um, you know, and the Champions League final that they reached, et cetera, et cetera. You can keep going back. Um when they find that consistency, they'll be a scary side. But I, I just don't see it happening at the moment. In terms of leads, um, I have to agree with Damo in terms of assets. I've only got Rafinha. But when you were like, oh, look, Rafinha, this and that, I was like, mate, I won't, I won't hear blasphemy of a Razzler on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Raf, Raf is my man. I love this guy. He's just incredible to watch. Uh, there's obviously a few rumours flying around, etc., about... Bielsa and how he wasn't enjoying it and how he wasn't really playing. So now there's going to be apparently like the new manager bounce, as they love to call it. But if you actually watch the Tottenham uh, Leeds match, there was many, many times where Rafinha was creating a lot of good chances. He should have had assists. He could have had a goal. Um, there was a lot of opportunity. Loris actually made some good saves and they hit the post. Um, so Raf could have ended up with double digits with a bit of luck um, in this game where they copped uh, four goals um, I think he's an asset that you definitely need I feel like he's an asset that you definitely need uh, that's why I've left him in my team I was thinking it was between him and Bowen for me um, and I had to go with Rafinha yeah, naturally yeah. no that's that's fair enough I sort of I, I rate Rafinha as well I'm sort of looking at my team this week and um, tossing up whether it's uh, you know Amara's to Rafinha and then put him in the side over Dennis this week so interesting to see but um yeah definitely think that he was very unlucky you know other weeks he probably finishes those chances and he ends up with a goal and an assist or something like that and then double digits and then two bonus so yeah 100%. definitely think, definitely think he has a bit of potential but might get on to the next game which is crystal palace with burnley i might just touch on one player uh elise i just thought he was everywhere in attack he managed to get the assist had 84 touches four shots nine crosses and two key passes so he's one of those plays that when he does get game time and he is starting he's one of those plays that can just create something out of nothing and can i can i just say he yep. is a, he is aboard the spaceship mate absolute razzler alert <laughs> like i knew he was when he was at queens park rangers but the assist in terms of like if you break it down um, and if anyone follows my Twitter or Instagram content, I'm always on about lateral movement and not just pushing the ball past. Now, he's got speed as well, but he's a very smart player. The little step over, then he turns, and he drags it back again. The defender actually had like almost both both legs off the floor before he crossed it, made the space for the cross. 
Um, but he was he was terrorising the whole game. He had um, a few chances. He could have scored goals too. Um, yeah, I think he missed a he, couple of chances as well. Yeah, but he looks very good, man. And I think he's still cheap as well. What's the what's his uh, his poundage in FPL? I think he's sitting at. I think he's around 6.0. 6.0 now? He's gone up, huh? I think. I'll double check. Uh, where is it? Yeah, just have a quick uh, look. But whilst hey, you're we, looking... Uh, 5.4. Sitting at 5.4. 5.4. See, that's... I think for yeah. a midfielder such as him as well, if he's your fifth midfielder, I think that's a great pick. No, definitely. And I think he's going to start most weeks now because he started stringing consistency because... A lot of things that happen when you're a young football player is you struggle to find consistency. You can do those big performances, but then the next game, not quite as much. But probably the last three weeks, he's, he's started to string performances together. So I think as long as he keeps doing that, he's going to be in the side. I just have to apologise as well. I've just messed up. I've I uh, confused him with Eze. Eze was at Queen's Park Rangers, not Elise. But Elise assist on the weekend was incredible. He's a fantastic player. Eze and Alise are actually very, very similar players. Um, Crystal Palace are going to have like an abundance of attacking options. Well, I suppose they already have, haven't they? In IU, Edward, Zaha, Alise, Eze, when he comes back. It's going to be yeah, incredible. No, pretty sure Alise uh, come from Reading. So yeah, he did. Yeah, in the championship, came, so he close enough. From- he came from Close Reading. Enough, blue and white. That's <laughs> what you're saying. He came from Reading. Um, and see, the thing with, with Palace is they're more than likely going to lose Gallagher next season. I can't see how Gallagher stays um, at uh, Palace, given that, you know, Chelsea's um, his, uh, his parent club. And I, I can see him playing in a Chelsea uh, shirt next season. So, um but this this Elise kid, he's he's something special as well. He is. He's brilliant. He's got that X factor. That's exactly right. That's why I say he's aboard the spaceship, mate. He's he's a razzler. So, what did you think of this game, Damon? Did you look at anyone else? Uh, yeah. So, um, not really anyone else per se. Obviously, you mentioned Elise already, but in terms of Burnley, um, uh, and I've got, I've got to say this in terms of sort of both game weeks that they played, they really were the burn Lee of this week. Um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> sorry, look, I'm a dad, yeah? Like, yeah, I've been telling dad jokes all day at school. It's, it, it's, it's great. But, um, <laughs> but like, you know, with um, – and it sort of jumps into Burnley's next game. But, like, with me injured now, um, you, you've got to sort of start jumping. If you've got Burnley assets – um, yeah, no worries. Like you, you got him for the right intentions, but I think you sort of have to almost start jumping off him now and jump on um, the next sort of set of double game week fixtures, like you know Villa and things like that. So that's sort of my advice in terms of uh, in terms of Burnley. But um, in terms of Palace, yeah, now you're right about Lise. He's he's fantastic. No, definitely. We might get into our next game. Uh, Brighton losing to Villa 2-0. Um, I might just touch on one player. I thought Cash had a massive game. A lot of people were looking at uh, Digne, but I sort of thought Cash sat a lot higher and was more involved, uh, more involved in the attack. Um, he seemed to... Um, he got the goal as well, but he seemed to be getting those attacking areas, usually what you see from uh, Digne, but I think it, it might be a conversation of going Cash over Digne for me, but... I'm sure you guys might have a different opinion. What do you think, D10? 
No, I think I've, I've spoken about Matty Cash before. Um, there was a game, actually, I think it's maybe five game weeks ago or six game weeks ago where uh, he was playing uh, right back. I think it might have even been an FA Cup tie or a Carabao. Um, and he'd scored a goal. And I thought, you know, this, this guy looks, he looks lively. He's getting forward. Again, he's one of those um, right backs that is in that Cancelo mould, that Alexander-Arnold, that Creswell, that Emerson Royal, Regulon that kind of player that bombs forward, gets crosses in, you know, is in those attacking areas as well. Uh, I think um, in terms of uh, Madagascar Dinye, it just comes down to, I guess, the, the price points. Um, I don't know. I don't know their price points. So uh, whoever I would think be... they're pretty much nearly the same. I think they're both five point one from memory. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I think I'll double well, check now well, that... before I um, <laughs> before yeah. I give out the wrong info. But yeah, both well, five point one. But okay. So price points aside, leave that out. If they're both five point one, um, look. You know, I've said Matty Cash in the past as a as an option, um, but. Next week, it could be Digne scoring those goals and, and creating those options. Um, excellent in this game, you have to say. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, what do you think, Demo? Yeah, I think you're right about Cash. Um, uh, sort of over Digne, but um, I think Digne will come good uh, this game week. Uh, I think I've sort of gone back and forth with them a little bit, but um, both are sort of good options for this week. Um, and you sort of can't go past Coutinho this week. He's probably going to even be my captain when I bring him in. So, um, yeah, sort of spoiler alert sort of thing, but I have sort of seen um, it's going to be really, really interesting, um, the captaincy spread this week, So because I think it's um, there are a few interesting options for captain this week. But, uh, but yeah, definitely Cash, Coutinho and Digne um, for Villa. And for Brighton, pretty much no one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I think definitely. I think it's a shame with Brighton because yeah. if, we go, if we go back to the previous podcast uh, when I was on um, Q, we were talking about Brighton and we were talking about uh, Kukurea, we were talking about Trossard, we were talking about Mope, and I was actually thinking of having Kukurea and Mope in my, um, in my wild card when I did it. Obviously, I ended up selecting them because I played my wild card I, I did select players that I wanted, but I also played it tactically in the sense that, like, I wanted the double game weeks. Um, I wanted more double players. Um, that that being said, you know, they were looking like a really good side. They were getting results. The football they play is attractive. They keep possession of the ball, which is something else that I love. And then recently, they've kind of really fallen off. Um, like, not just losses, like bad losses, it seems. Yeah. No, they're just I, – I had the same thoughts. I was going to get in Kuka Razzler in my side, but just with defensively how they've been lately, they're not sort of doing what they've usually done where they sort of are pretty tight at the back and it's hard to score against. They seem to be conceding a fair bit. Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, it's the same with Sanchez. as a goalkeeper choice, isn't it? Like now I've gone Saar and Gunn on your, uh, on your say-so, but I think Gunn's a great, <laughs> a great pick-up, you know, so – um, oh, well, Sars quite an obvious one, but I think Gunn's an excellent pickup at 4.0. You know, you can save that 0.6, and if Brighton are going to be playing the way they are, there's not going to be as many clean sheets for Sanchez. No, definitely. I think, um, I don't know whether I've said to you, but my way I look at a decent goalkeeping option is you want a defense that's tight, 
but still shit enough to allow lots of shots. So your keeper can get the saves, but he's not going to be hung out to dry. <laughs> so that's why I think uh, Sars a decent option in goals, just because their defense is tight, but they also allow a lot of shots. But then he's not getting stitched up like, say, a Sanchez. Yeah, well, Arsenal was doing that for a bit, weren't they? Like, there were shots coming from 30 yards and Ramsdale was just, like, falling onto the floor with them and people getting saves. It was ridiculous. (laughs) 100%. Well, we might move on to our next game, which is Southampton, a 2-0 win to Norwich. Um, What did you take out of this game, Damo? Yeah, so for me, obviously, uh, Livramento was one of my picks uh, for this week. Um, He just keeps going from strength to strength. Uh, pretty cheap, if I'm not mistaken. Is is he 4.1, if I'm not mistaken, at the no, moment? No, Livermanto is 4.3, I think. From uh, oh, is he 4.3? Is he he's a little oh, more yeah. expensive? No, he's had a couple of price rises. So he has a couple, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, no, so he's a pretty cheap option um, in that defence, and I love, I'm loving their, their Southampton run. Um, obviously, and I know you're going to sort of touch on KWP, so I won't steal your fun, thunder there, but... Um, I've got to say, you know, my man Adams. Uh, you know, no, no one, no one picked Adams. Sure, uh, Adams. Adam, <laughs> <laughs> he's the he's the most unco player in the world, but um, he's getting the job done at the moment. Like, in uh, that's two again, weeks in like, a row. That's two uh, weeks in a row he that, scored. That's that's four weeks in a row. <laughs> that he scored. Uh, I bought well, that. Uh, so he's, la- he's returned. Yeah. So the, yep. his last four weeks have been a seven, a nine, a five, and a six. And if I'm not mistaken, um, he has oh, scored nice. in three out of those four games um, and assisted in one of them, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't no, be that's right. correct. So, yeah, so um, Tottenham scored a goal. Uh, Man United scored a goal. Everyone scores against Man United. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> gotta, gotta get, have the dig. Um, Everton, yeah, he's Everton, turned... he assisted, and then Norwich, he scored. So, so he's, he's turning into Ali McCoist. Unbelievable. <laughs> he's just like he's he's sort of turned into peak Chris Wood, probably for a stretch last year. Peak Chris Wood. <laughs> Where... I bet he's going to tell go home and tell his kids that one, mate. <laughs> so no, but like, look, he's he's probably too expensive to have in our size. Like, he's six point nine. So you know, when yes, you've got... and that's, that's that's a very good point you make, yeah. right? Because I looked at yeah. him and I looked at obviously Brogia is yeah. the favoured pick. Um, yes, but I, I think, think... Sim- simply because of price, I can't yeah. believe he's six point exactly. nine though. Ex- exactly right. Like, if you had. If you had Brogia and Adams both at Brogia price, you at the moment you pick uh, Adams over Brogia mm. every day of the week. But because you know, like, and you sort of have to look who's around that price as well. Like you got Big, Big Horse at six point five, who I believe is a better footballer. Like obviously he didn't get the return this week, but he, I believe he's a better footballer. Like, and there's. Players in and around that price, uh, even for that little bit more expensive, that you, you're going to get returns almost every week. So he's it's he's very very hard to get into your sides, but he's one. Especially if you play the differential game, he's one you have to look at. Um, in terms of Norwich, you know they're, they're a hard pass for me. Um, uh, yeah, even Pukki, even they don't do anything for me, Norwich. They really no. don't like because I, li- um, I like Pookie. Like I, oh. watching watching Norwich play, he is always 
uh, in a position or literally a touch away from scoring a goal. Like he's yeah, always there. You look at Pookie, yeah. So five point eight, so decently priced, but has scored one, two, two, obviously the nine um, and a five. So in the in the previous five result, uh, the previous five games, blank, 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 nine and five. So I don't yeah, know. But, he, but he, if you look at your previous five games, you'll bring in Sergeant. But yeah, no, I know. I know, I know, yeah, but so. like if I'm if I'm looking at if I'm looking at players sort of uh, just to quickly sort of have a look at that, um, oh, you, can, you can't really say Dennis at the moment, but at least Dennis has a return of eleven two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But sort of at that, what is it, uh, five point nine price? Um, yeah, you know he's the standout player there, but like I'd probably prefer Bro- uh, Brogia. At that price, uh, you yeah. know, I pre- I prefer uh, a returning Huang at that price. Um, you know, who's who's now starting again? Um, he, he went very close to scoring, by the way. He yeah, just yeah, just he put did. it past the he post. Did. He did, and you know, even even Joe Linton, which is the same price, five point eight. I'd almost prefer him because, especially with he Joe Linton's got the double double coming up as well. So, mm. um. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just it's so it's he's a hard sell. Pookie's a really hard sell in that in that regard. No, hundred um, percent. I might just touch on one player I had written down here, which is Kyle Walker Peters. Um, he's just he uh, when he was playing at uh, Spurs, I think it was. Um, he just looked so good, but obviously wasn't getting the game time. But he had ninety two touches, four crosses, and two key passes, and sat pretty much as high as a wide midfielder for most of that game. So a lot of talk was around Leveramento, but, you know, I know uh, Cole Walker-Peters is 0.5 dearer than uh, Leveramento, but I, I think he's the better option. And I think if you do have the cash there, I think it's worth getting him in because I think he's going to be nailed now and it's going to be a bit of a toss-up whether Leveramento keeps his place over Perraud or whether they rotate one of the two double game week fixtures. So that's probably a big issue I had come into this week and why I got him out at the last minute was I wasn't sure whether he might start both fixtures in the double game week. But he, he very very well could start both fixtures. But I just think if you've got the coin to go up to Cole Walker-Peters, I think he's pretty nailed. I don't think he's going to be getting rotated, especially if he keeps playing like he did um, on the weekend. And when I mentioned the touches, you know, 92 touches sometimes, you know, it's a bit misleading. But when you watch the game, I feel like um, when you look at the likes of Cancelo and Trent Alexander-Arnold, when they're getting they're getting around the 80, 90 touches every week and their positioning, it just gives you more opportunity to get attacking returns if you're getting all those touches and you're in good positions. So I think... Um, when you're looking at these attacking fullbacks and you're seeing they're getting lots of touches on ball, I think you just need to, I guess, watch the games and see if it matches up with what you're reading in the stats. And with Kyle Walker-Peters, he definitely ticks every box for me. Uh, what did you think of the game? Did you like anyone in this game, mate? D10? Um, I did watch this game because I was hoping Brozier was going to do something and I kept saying, give the ball to Brozier, give the ball to Brozier. Everyone else wanted to try and score well this so it kind of just didn't happen. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shame, really, wasn't it? Um, but I only say that because of the uh, the Southampton assets that I had. I did have Liveramento coming into my side. Um, 
but I made it. I went for Ben Me instead. <laughs> great, great choice. So the Fuck less said me. about this game, the less said about this game, the better, man. So no, anyway, definitely. Anyway. Might move on to the biggest club in the Premier League then. Um, Man United nil or draw with Watford. Um, I <laughs> so that preceded what you just said. Um, touch on a couple of assets. Um, I thought, I think I spoke to you, D10. The scoreline didn't really tell you the full no, story. I think Man United missed about six. Like, when I say chances, I mean like most weeks they'll yep. score those chances. And I thought Bruno, I'll just touch on his stats this game. Eight shots, two key passes, two big chances missed, 98 touches and 10 crosses. He was just like everywhere, but um, just couldn't score. And it was frustrating as an owner. I brought him in just for sort of a one-week punt. And, yeah, just it's very disappointing. But a bright spot was Alenga. Um, he's now starting to start consistently. Um, Rashford's being benched now, which, you know, wasn't good for me the other week when I had him in my team. But... It was good this week. I didn't have Rushford at all, so I could kind of enjoy Alanga starting. And, you know, he had 63 touches, one big chance missed and one big chance created. So at that price, you know, he might be worth keeping in your side as a bit of bench fodder because, you know, he if he's starting in a team like Manchester United, you know, he's going to get returns every now and again. And it's always good to have a, a play that's going to play consistently as your first sub. So I think if people are looking at, a bit of bench fodder if they're not going to be playing the five midfielders, I definitely think he's a good option. And obviously Ronaldo missed a couple of chances in this game as well. It was just um, disappointing um, all round. I was sort of expecting a bit of a result against Watford and, um, yeah, just a good old uh, nil or draw. Um, what did you think, Devin? Uh, oh, sorry. Listen, uh, I didn't realise you were talking to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so because you said Devin, I'm like... <laughs> you should just be ready to answer to whatever I call you, mate. <laughs> yes, a bit, bit of Devin hand. Um, so basically, Man United, nope. Like, just nope. <laughs> there's, <laughs> um, there's just better options at the moment um, to... And if you value your sanity, um, and I will actually say the same point when it comes to, uh, to West Ham, um, I don't think um, you should be grabbing any Man United players anytime soon. Um, in terms of uh, Watford, what a legend Foster is. Just absolute legend. Like, obviously, like, I had Sanchez and um, Foster in my side, and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to play Sanchez this week because I think he's got a better chance of a clean sheet and then uh, he pulls out a, uh, a double-digit return. So you just you, you can't help that. You, you sit there and you look at that and you go, oh, that, it, it's shit, but nothing you can do about it. Um, the one I do want to touch on in terms of Watford is Cathcart. He's 4.3, um, scored a 7 and a 6 in the last two. You could do worse with the double game. You, you um, Yeah, you could do worse with the double game week uh, incoming. Um, uh, yeah, so I'd say, like, if you need someone cheap um, and, you know, fits your um, fits your structure, you know, at 4.3, is not sort of breaking the bank. Um, definitely one to sort of look at. Uh, how about yourself, D10? Um, I don't have any players that I'd be bringing in um, other than the chat that Q had about Alanga. I think Alanga's mm. been um, pretty much the find of the season. 
Like he's been uh, brilliant in the last few game weeks. I think he scored that nice goal against Southampton, where he kind of lifted the ball up and headed it over the keeper. Was it Southampton? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. And uh, and obviously scored in the Champions League. He scored in the Wanda Metropolitana against uh, Atletico Madrid uh, for a young player. That's not the easiest of stadiums to go and score. And so I think we're going to see more from him. I think you're spot on cue with uh, saying that he's one that you could bring in, especially for some bench fodder, etc. Like we were talking about the cheaper strikers earlier. But someone I do want to talk about, um, and I'm not a massive fan of Ronaldo, but I watched the Watford versus Manchester United game and the chances that Ronaldo found himself in, usually the guy would have four goals. Um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why they didn't convert any. Um, some of them were half chances. I understand they like you know fell to the, behind him or they were like on his yeah. uh, like hip or stuff like this. But you know Ronaldo's Ronaldo. Knowing Ronaldo, he's the greatest international goal scorer of all time. He, obviously, what he did at Real Madrid, even Juventus, the season before he came here, was Serie A top goal scorer, top goal scorer at the Euros. You've seen him score in those positions before, regardless of the service. Um, I think he's been very, very unlucky. I think he's been very, very unlucky. I know he's copied a lot of stick, but I think some people kind of need to cut him slack in terms of those performances. Uh, Manchester United themselves are not having the, the greatest season, even though they're in fourth at the moment. I know people have got games in hand, etc. Um, are they still fourth after this? Yeah, after they're this still round? fourth just, but I think Spurs have two <clears throat> or three games in hand. Yeah. And I think um, Arsenal have about two or three as well. Yeah, so, and, you know, this is one of those things. Everyone was going crazy, kind of like they did the previous season. Um, they may still end up second. You just don't know. <laughs> like, it, it's it's happened before, honestly. So, uh, is Ronaldo a pick? I don't think for this week. I don't think any of their players are going to have a look in because they're just not going to hit the ball um, against City. But, um, yeah, I think they were very, very unlucky. The game could have been 3 or 4-0. Yeah, I think I was telling you about um, the little uh, multi um, I had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> last league was United, so, yeah, good times. Very good lucky, times. mate, very lucky. <laughs> I might get into the next game, which is Everton and Man City. I might just touch on one play before I hand over you, D10, sort of Cancelo. Um, a lot of people got him out this week, and, you know, they were, they were lucky again because – he didn't return, but he had 103 touches, five crosses, and just looked like he was going to score every time he got the ball or got or get an assist. So, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at not having him in their wild cards and sort of doubling up on Liverpool assets for the double game week and that. But I just think he's one of those players you just can't get out of your side because he he's like a midfielder playing in the back line and every week he comes close to getting a return, and all it takes is one assist, and he's getting bonus, and he's getting, and then they keep the clean sheet. He's getting a double digit return. So, I think he's just one of those players. I've looked at it. I think he's just going to be in my side for the rest of the season. I think he's just um, one of those players you like Trent Alexander Arnold. You just don't want to get out because you don't want to be a non-owner in the week that he goes 15, 16 points. Um, and then touching on Everton, Rich Allison had one big chance um, that he didn't capitalise on. So I think if I was going to strike for Everton for their fixture run, I'd definitely be looking at Rich Allison. It's probably the only player I'd be looking at. Um, what do you think, D10? I know you've got a bit to say about this because you've watched most of the game. 
Yeah, this was the game that I really focused on this week. Um, of like, I woke up. Um, if for those that don't know, I'm in Perth currently, so we've had to do a bit of isolation, and it throws all of your hours out because Perth are like three hours behind uh, the rest of the world. Um, <clears throat> so today I decided to watch down, uh, sit down and watch the 90 minutes, uh, and we'll start with Cancelo. If you'd have captained Cancelo this week, you'd have got the exact same return as captaining Son. Uh, reason being, Foden scored, but he obviously went and got a yellow card, I think, in like the 86th minute or 85th minute or something silly like that because someone grabbed his arm and he decided to push them. Um, so the referee gave him a yellow card. Interestingly, uh, before we speak about Richarlison, um, John Stones come on to start. He was right back and he got two bonus. So the guy ended up with eight points. Um, Matt Day has spoken. And he said, with the Champions League rotation coming back into the calendar, obviously now we're playing Champions League again. Um, he said, John Stones is going to be an Oscar. Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't even know he plays right back, but he did very, very well. Eight points. Um, I think he's a big differential at the moment. Most people have Cancelo, Laporte, or Diaz. Um, and then moving forward, you've got either Bernardo, Mares. Uh, some people played around with Gundogan, um, but I think outside of that, it's Foden and then nobody else. Um, you did touch on Richarlison, one chance. However, um, well, I'll move on to this as well because I'll speak a bit about Everton, but he was always in the box and he's their focal point. So the way that they were playing, and I don't know if they were just playing this kind of style because they were playing against City and they knew they were going to have limited possession. But every time they got the ball, they were looking for Richarlison. They were always putting the ball into his feet. He was playing more as a target man, uh, laying the ball off. But then when crosses were coming in, he was always there. Um, There obviously was the incident in which he broke through. A nice through ball he broke through. Uh, He had the shot, bounced up off Edison and Rodri had this ball and I'll just kick it away. Um... I move on into do you have an opinion about this handball have you seen it I think it's a handball every day of the week for me I agree I agree 100% it's a handball right look I like watching Man City play but I'm not going to sit here with you know blue tinted glasses like Nola Liam Gallagher and try and pretend that this isn't a handball 100% was a handball um, VAR we've spoken about it previously the stuff needs to go Enough about that anyway. Um, 1-0, Foden goal. I don't understand how there wasn't a Bernardo assist. If I'd got that Bernardo assist, mate, we're above the average. We've saved this game week somehow. I might have even got a cheeky little green arrow, but it didn't happen for me, mate, because FPL, like they've done so many times, they're just like, look, I don't understand how they do it because some weeks, that's a player's assist. Other weeks, they're like, oh, no, look, it's scraped off the back of his head there. It's flicked the hair on the way through, so it's an own goal. I don't know how they do it, mate. Right, they don't even get me started on uh, inconsistencies, especially if the Saar uh, getting the own goal last week when it was a clear shot and he saved it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. I remember you saying it, exactly. And he ended up on nothing in, instead. He was on like a double-digit haul. Um, talking about the game itself, um, Everton, they were better in the first half. They were much better in the first half. I think Man City, uh, their first shot came here after minutes. That was the first one that they had on target. Everton obviously playing a low block. They defended very, very well. Um, Everton looked changed under Frank Lampard. 
They look rejuvenated, pressing from the tr- from the front and trying to play. Like people talk about, oh, they're playing with passion. They're playing with no. The <laughs> the instruction is much better. Clearly, they're not sitting off of players. And obviously, City love to hold the ball. They were pressing. Richarlison was going. Um, Anthony Gordon was going. It Decore, uh, even Allen, uh, the Brazilian Alan, who who was winning the ball getting forward. He actually created a few chances. Unfortunately, the reason why he's in nobody's FPL team is because then he went Burko or someone and got a yellow card. So he does that as well. Um, Bernardo Silva, for those people that think he's just on a hot streak or he's just in good form, was getting into the 18-year-old box all the time until, I think it was some way through the second half, when... Foden moved more into the middle and Bernardo went out to the wing. This also happened when Mares came on. So when Mares came on, the wingings, the wingers in terms of Sterling and uh, I think it was Sterling and Bernardo. Or Sterling, yeah, it was Sterling and Bernardo, sorry. I was about to say Grealish, but that was the FA Cup. <laughs> and Bernardo, um, the wingers changed a lot. Before that, Bernardo was really getting in between the, say, the right back. And then it became Foden. Uh, Sterling comes off, Mahrez comes on. And I don't know why he does not start the 90 minutes because the game completely changed. Mahrez being the fourth pass, Bernardo being the second or the assist, um, and Foden grabbed the goal. Everton. My differential pick, because he looked like he was absolutely razzling and he was playing against John Stones and, as in this time, is Anthony Gordon. He was dribbling, causing problems, putting through balls to Richarlison, uh, crosses into the box. I think Anthony Gordon looked really, really good in this game. Um, He was also on corners, and he took a free kick. So as we know in FPL, those are always big differentiators. So Anthony Gordon, 4.5 million. Um, Pickford, the saves, incredible saves. So Bernardo could have also scored a... um, a goal, ball come over from, I think it was De Bruyne, who was looking very creative the whole game. Shots, passes, crosses, dribbles, forward positions. He was everywhere, Kevin De Bruyne. And there was one part where he turned his uh, defender, shot, Pickford saved it. Bernardo's in the six-yard box, shoots, double save. So Pickford, was, um, I thought, was unbelievable. Um, yeah. He also made saves from Stones. There was a left-footed effort from Stones. Saves from Foden as well. I think he was, they were very unlucky with the goal, Everton. Very unlucky with the goal. Dukure looking fantastic. Um, Mares, I've already spoken about him. But that is my wrap, mate, of the Everton versus City match. So players to look out for if you do want a very cheap differential. You've got Anthony Gordon. He's a midfielder, 4.5 million. I think we're going to see more from him coming forward uh, in, yep. the next, in the next game weeks. Fantastic on the ball, lively, very creative. Um, Richarlison, as you said uh, prior, you mentioned him. He's He was everywhere, man, and he's in the box, and he's also pressing a lot. So I think against teams that are not as good with the ball coming out, he's going to be on those mistakes. He's also going to be receiving the ball in higher positions. And uh, what to say about City other than this week, if you haven't got three City assets, I think you're missing out big time. <laughs> Mate, we're we're gonna somehow be the little engine that could, and we're gonna get uh, one old draw. <laughs> little engine that could, <laughs> old chicken little. The sky's um, falling. 
Yeah. What did you think of the game, Demo? Is there anyone that uh, you'd like There's to talk about, mate? Not, not really other than, you know, what you guys have already mentioned, but I did have a question for D10. Yeah. Roles, roles revert now. Um, I think um, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Riley, who was the referee's chief, he yeah. came out yesterday and yeah, um, apologised to Everton. Now, an apology, you, we could literally have a season defined by Everton potentially going down by um, because of this result and Man City winning the the Premiership or oh, the the um, uh, the EPL because of this result as well. Like yeah. it, it, it's that tie at the top and at the bottom. Um, if roles were reversed. And Everton were winning one nil, and Everton. Uh, essentially, what I'm trying to ask you is: Is there top four bias or top, you know, top team bias when it comes to penalties? So, if roles reversed and it was Man City on the the end of that, would that would that have been called a penalty? Mm. Look, it's a very difficult. Yeah. question to answer it's a very difficult question to answer and people are going to go oh he's a city fan but look i don't really mind if it was a penalty mm. and they score against city so be it whoever wins yeah. the league so be it but, yeah. i think the issue here is not so much the handball um mm. it is var itself because correct we've seen other incidents um other moments situations whatever you like to call them uh, within games such as you know, Harry Kane. It was only a few game weeks ago, Harry Kane being called offside. It was pretty much like a purple line. Mm. Um, and then one where it was left and it was onside. And so, you know, in, in, a, in another fixture, but in the same game week. So one goal counted, one didn't. You know, like, why? What's well, the difference? Well, if you have so, a look at... I was going to say, you have a look at um, the Burnley game. Mm-hmm. Cornet was probably a fraction offside. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? and But you sort of – VAR supposed to absolutely rule these, like, either way and then and it's not. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. That's – what needs to happen is, like – that's why I said for me it was, it was a handball. It should be a mm. handball. The worst thing they've done is to issue an apology. Like, yes. mate, the referee's decision is final. Whatever mm. it is, you know, if it goes for Everton, if it goes for Man City. And I think they've seen that before as well. Like in the Champions League, when it's a winner and then they've taken it all the way back, chalked it off. And it could have gone, that in that moment, it could have gone the other way as well. People, they may not have reviewed it and the linesman could have said, hey, it's all good. There needs to come a point where they're either going to say, hey, everything is reviewed or nothing is reviewed. Because at yeah. the moment... What is in review and what isn't in review is still very grey. Like, we, the, uh, I, am, uh, I like watching Neymar play, right, for PSG. Now, I was watching PSG when Neymar was injured and they played Manchester United. You'll know this one, Q. And Rashford's taking a shot. Kimpembe's turned himself, put his arm in the air, that's his face, right? So the elbow's out and it's hit him on the soft of his arm, like just in between his elbow and his armpit. And they gave the penalty and Rashford scored the away goal and it took Manchester uh, United through. This was probably three Champions League campaigns ago because the last two, obviously, Paris have made uh, the final and the semi. So if that's a handball, then how is this not a handball? Because his arm's away from the body. So, yeah, look, whether there's top four bias, 
whether there is like a set of rules to go by, I don't think anyone really knows. And that's the most uh, frustrating thing because there has to be a, like it has to be in concrete what the ruling is. So as soon as a referee sees that I'm away from body, whether he meant it, whether he's not, whether he's the last player, whether he's coming back or the ball's rolling forwards from the goal or all that is nonsensical, right? We've come from a time where players used to try and chip the ball into the hand of the defender if they were in the box and you'd get a penalty. It's like the Lucas Neal and the Fabio Grosso. He went yeah. down in the box. If you're laying in the box, an attacker's going to lift the ball over you and fall. 100%. It's same in basketball. Someone goes up for a layup, and if you see them coming across, you're going to take the contact and try and get the end one. You know, you're going to try and get the points. Like, football is a contact sport. There is fouls in the sport. I know I've digressed a bit, but I feel like the issue is not the handball itself. It is the decisions of made by either VAR or the referee. But in that situation, I don't see how there was any pressure upon the referee. He actually made the unfavourable choice because Everton's at home. Mm. So I, don't, I, I cannot see how he did not give the handball. And if you go and look at that on a video and you see that slow, mate, that's a handball every day. That's a handball if you're playing World Cup singles at recess down by the hockey nets. Do you know what I mean? Someone would be going, that's a handball. Hey, mate, you're out for this round. Everyone gets a free penalty. Done. You know? So I hope I've kind of like answered that question without really giving you an answer. Um, I'm not sure. Just um, a very fancy tiptoe around, mate. I love it. Yeah, well, because... I mean, I don't like to say things like that, like that there's top four bias or that little clubs get this or this and that. Like, I don't think there's any bias. I think everyone has the same opportunities. What I believe is happening, they're coming under super, super scrutiny. They can't trust their own judgments and their own decisions. And so therefore, they second guess every decision they make. And we end up with situations like this, where the Premier League has to apologise to football clubs. And now... Like now, even if City win the league, if City win the league by three points, it's going to be farcical. It's going to be farcical, you know? And yeah. I, I don't know how, look, it is the sport, it is the game. But if I was City, I wouldn't be happy with that. I wouldn't be happy with that. Like, you know, man, it's in the back of your mind, isn't it? But at the end of the day, it's a sport, it's competitive, everyone plays to win. No one's going to go, yeah, I actually handballed here, have the penalty. Like, that doesn't happen, mate. That happens down when you're playing Joe Blow's five-a-side uh, kickabout, you know? Yeah. It's, that's not going to happen with the amount of money that's involved, you know, the players, etc. So, yeah, VAR, bin it, let's empower our officials and say, hey, when you make a decision, we back you as a league. Because now they've just gone and, like, totally pulled the rug from underneath them. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that if they make that decision, they don't come out and apologise because, you know, sorry isn't going to fix anything really, to be honest. No, it's done. It's done. It's over. Like, you know, like, and that's the thing. Is like I, I know from playing myself, even when you're a kid, the first thing you learnt was, mate, play to the whistle. And if, if a decision makes, uh, sorry, if the referee makes a decision, that's final, man. Whether you thought it was unfair or not, finish. Yeah. 
No, 100%. We might wrap up these last two games. So next up, we've got West Ham, uh, a big 1-0 win against Wolves. Um, before I get you to talk, Dem, I might just touch mm-hmm. on Creswell. I thought he had a pretty good game, had 78 touches, one key pass. Probably it was unlucky not to grab an assist um, and also had that uh, awesome free kick as well that went close. So I think that I think uh, TN from uh, FPL Planner picked up Creswell this week as a bit of a one-week punt on his free hit and, um, yeah, was rewarded massively. I thought that Creswell probably was unlucky that he didn't actually get uh, more points this week. But um, what do you think about it, Damo, being a West Ham supporter? Yeah, so I was actually surprised at the result. Like, obviously, we haven't been playing the best and uh, Wolves have been playing into some really hot form. So it was actually nice to actually watch the game and... Um, obviously get the win. Um, a few hammers are really unlucky not to get greater returns. Uh, I think Antoniano, we were talking um, off here earlier, uh, off the recording earlier about um, Traore being the biggest uh, blue balls player. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that uh, Mantle's actually gone to Antonio, uh, especially in the last probably six to seven game weeks. Just like he gets into good positions. Like even this game here, he had a one-on-one chance of the keeper that, you know, first half of the season, nine times out of ten, he absolutely buries. And I just, I don't know what's going on with him at the moment, but just that, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a struggle to, <laughs> to, to have him in your side, uh, in your FPL side at the moment, because, you know, sort of has promised the world but just can't deliver at the moment. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be bringing anyone in for this run. We've got a really hard run coming up. Um, the only one that I will mention, and I, you, I know you already mentioned Cresswell, but um, I, I, other than this result, I can't see us keeping clean sheets probably in the next few. Um, if you need someone for bench fodder, Johnson, absolutely nailed 3.9 mil, million on the wild card is great. Uh, I think Sufal's out for the season. So if you need a really cheap player that will play um, and potentially get some uh, returns, um, you can't look past Johnson at the moment. Um, in terms of Bowman, a lot of people are, t- are sort of thinking about selling Bowen. Um, he's a hard one. Like I think if you've still got Antonio, you sell now. Um, grab someone on the double game week, uh, but uh, in terms of Bowen, it's 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 a really really hard call. Like he's he's been fantastic, um, and on his day can bob up with a goal too. But I think we um, let go of all sort of West Ham assets, and maybe the only player you really keep or bring in is Johnson, um, and really look look towards the. Um, next third of the season, or you know what's left of the season, with um, probably some better, uh, better priced or better um, players that have been returning lately. Um, yeah, yeah no. so yeah, go go on. No, 100%. I think um, Bowen is one of those assets where it's a hard one to sell because he could. He's been very unlucky lately. He's hit the post a couple of times mm. and come close. So it's one of those things where, when you're looking at it from just a point perspective you're like oh yeah definitely you know get him out but then when you watch the games and you see the positions he gets into i just feel like it'll be a hard it'll be a very hard day when yeah. i have to sell bowen but um and just another thing i want to touch on Damo. i heard last week at newcastle apparently uh chris wood was making cat sounds to um kurt zuma 
Yeah, it's, you know, like, look. I had a laugh. I just couldn't really. Yeah. I thought it was a joke. I, I, it was actually no, no, I was actually being serious. So <laughs> it, it, that actually happened. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, should we, as I said, I said a couple of weeks ago, should we have played him? Probably not. Um, I don't blame Moisey because in the day, you know, if we lose that game um, and, you know, don't, uh, in the day, he needs to pick the best players for the, for the team. So it should have been from up above making that call. But I don't know. Like, if you're a player, you don't need to do that. Like, you've you got the crowd ribbing him up enough for, for, for what happened. But, you know, and I, and I think he's copped his whack. Like, um, copped a huge fine. He's, you know, going to be doing, I think, a couple of education-based courses around... Um, Around you know uh, pets and uh, responsible pet, being a responsible pet owner, you know he's lost his two pets as well. Like I don't know, like eh. yeah, I, I like I, I get it's a serious it's, issue, but just yeah. I had a bit of a, a chuckle to myself when I heard that Woodsy was making um, meow sounds mm. to him throughout the game. And as a footballer, and, man, I, I love getting in people's heads and uh, just stirring the pot a little bit. I know I've spoken to you about it, D ten, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. If I was in that position, I was—I'd probably be doing the same thing to you. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I said I don't, I don't condone what he did, and I think it's wrong what he did. But um, you know, you—you you, you sort of—I don't know. You cop your whack, you move on. How many? You know, how many weeks can you sort of? Um, I don't know. It, it's a hard one. I'm going to leave it there. I think he's probably his punishment, but I, I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if a few people are making cat sounds just for the rest of the season, anyway. Um, what did you take out of the game, D10? Uh, I think it was nice for Antonio to get a uh, one return in the last, I think, 10 games or so. Um, <laughs> you know, the assist for um, Suchek, I think there was actually a lot of um, indifferent goal scorers this game week, like across across the board, across the board. Um, I think, you know, Suchek's one of them. I'm, I'll be very surprised if anyone still has Suchek in their, uh, in their sides. Um, I was going to ask Damo. Mm. What, what's happened to Mazuaku? Is he injured or? Um, well, he he came he came back from a pretty serious injury, mm. but see, look with Mazuaku, and you, you sort of got to understand the way West Ham have sort of lined up. So, where Mazuaku f- um, featured more prominently is when we were playing five at the back. Now, Masuaku is sort of a, as bad as this sounds, a half-part player. And what I mean by that is he's not a very good defender. Yeah, he's like Cre- a wing- Cress- more of a winger. Yes. Cresswell is a much better defender. So if we're playing a 3-5-2, Masuaku is the absolute perfect left wing back. Yes, so in, yeah. in that position, you know what I mean? He doesn't necessarily have to def- – like, he, he's not a two-way player. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. But then again, he's not good enough to be a full-time midfielder either. So mm. I think with him, it's very much dependent on who we play. So – and this season, actually since that injury, um, Moisey's really – Sort of favoured the four at the back, um, four two three, uh, four two three one setup. So where we have you know the one up front 
Um, you've got your two uh, centre defensive midfielders um, in you know Suchek and uh, and um, Rice. Um, so he hasn't had a had much of a look in as a result. And the emergence of players like Johnson, um, who can play both sides, um, have really sort of kept him out of that spot. Um, but yeah, so like if we're playing four at the back. I don't think he's, and I love the guy, don't get me wrong, he's not good enough to play just that left back um, on his his own. He he Mm, makes too mm. many mistakes. He makes too many defensive mistakes that cost us. So, you know, if we ever did did play a 3-5-2 setup again, I think he's that perfect left wing back. Um, But because of the emergence of players this season, like Bowen, like Ben Rama early on, like I think we favour more uh, those sort of plays up front and he's sort of fallen back in that pecking order. So not necessarily, like obviously came back from an injury and that's part of the reason, but I think it's more so Moisey's style that he wants to play at the moment. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we might get on to the last game of the round, which was, to be honest, a bit of a stinker. Um, mm. Burnley and Leicester. Um, I sort of thought Burnley didn't really create a lot of chances. It was pretty much as Leicester um, trying to score a goal and just hitting uh, Burnley players in the box for about 60 minutes. Um, I sort of thought once Madison and Vardy come on, um, they changed the game a bit. Madison got on the ball, started creating chances, and you know, next minute, uh, Madison scores an absolute worldie, and then um, Vardy scores after that to make it two 0 So, a bit disappointing uh, finish for the people that got in Burnley assets, especially um, myself who got in uh, Ben Mee and a uh, work workhorse, which I wasn't too disappointed about the workhorse because you know strikers, it's quite a volatile position this year in FPL, where one week you get a return, next week it's just a blank, but. You know, I got I got suckered into the Burnley defense, and I'd spoken to Matt and yourself, Dan, about how mm. I thought they were just a bit overrated when it come to stats for Burnley's defense, because it was more teams missing chances and not um, scoring goals than actually Burnley uh, keeping clean sheets. Like I know Pope was probably the best defensive option, and I think a massive pick for this week. But outside of him, I sort of I didn't really rate them, and at the last minute, I sort of got uh, sucked into getting Ben Mee in, and then um, yeah, just it was very disappointing. And he went off injured, I think, after about forty-eight minutes. So <laughs> definitely um, got his one point um, to go with his two points, and um, yeah, he won't be in my team ever again. So it was uh, a nice experience for the one week, but um, outside that, I didn't really sort of just maybe looked at Leicester assets for the the future fixtures, and I've had Madison on the watch list after I got him out. Um, sort of with a bit of a sort of eye on the future for when their fixtures did turn back around, then I'll probably look at getting him back in. And, you know, from what I saw today, he looked really good. So outside that, I'm not really looking at anyone else. What about you, Damo? Yeah, so I sort of disagree with you a little bit in terms of um, that first half, Burnley did have a number of chances. Obviously, they had the offside goal just with Cornet. Um, I was sort of listening to it on the way um, to work today. So 
but in in saying that, because I think the game did turn when Ben Mee went down. Now, Ben Mee went down pretty early. Like, I think it was about the 25th minute mark that he was injured, but then he played on until about the 41st minute, and then he then basically said he was done. Um, so they subbed him off. And I think from that point, it just Burnley, they couldn't, whether it's, you know, obviously um, whoever, I can't remember who they brought on, but, um, you know, didn't fit the position or whatever the case may be, I think um, they they really suffered as a result. Uh, I think we would be talking about a different story had one that goal counted or two Ben Me had stayed on the whole game. So uh, not to be too harsh, like Liverpool, uh, sorry, Leicester played well, but I still think uh, it could have been, it was a tale of two halves. It was a tale of two halves. Uh, yeah, I thought they did have, yeah. did have their chances on the fast break and stuff, but it mm. just seemed as though they sat deep and Leicester pretty much had all the yeah. possession. Uh, but, well, that second half was telling. But they just couldn't finish. They, they were just yeah, finding um, Burnley defenders in that box. I think every single shot hit someone or did it wasn't on target. Mm. Um, sorry to interrupt, D10. Um, what did you think of the game, mate? No, good. I actually didn't watch this one, mate. I woke up and looked at my FPL <laughs> score and thought, no. <laughs> No, that's not, fair enough. I, not it this wasn't, week. <laughs> <laughs> like Corne, um had a few chances, but outside that, it was it was just a nothing game. Leicester didn't really offer too much going forward either. They kind of just took pot shots, and um, yeah, it was just one of those games. Uh, for me. There was uh, who who was it now? The, Le, uh, Lennon. Lennon actually didn't play a half bad game. Yeah, um, he actually did good. Four point nine, like much better than Brown Hall, obviously. But four point <laughs> nine million um, has scored eleven and seven the last couple of weeks. He's not a bad little shout if you just want someone as bench fodder uh, in terms of the say that fifth midfielder spot um, to play in like your easier games. Like they got Chelsea this week, but then they got. Uh, Brentford, Southampton, uh, Southampton, Man City's a big one, and then Norwich. So, a cheeky Lennon could be a cheeky shout. No, definitely. I, I thought. I think you mentioned him D ten when we were chatting that you just think he's a razzler, and you know he could be a uh, he was an option to look at for the double game weeks. I think. Yeah, I do like Aaron Lennon, but I like him because obviously previously, you know, like he was uh, mm. he was unbelievable for Tottenham, but obviously still doing the job, mate. Still out there. Yeah, 100%. Well, we might move on to the differentials. So the last week I mentioned target as an option and, you know, he got the six points of the clean sheet, um, come close to attacking return. But looking into week 28, I'm sort of going to double up on target. I think if you haven't got him in already and you're looking at sort of a downgrade from a Ben Mee or a Tarkovsky or someone like that, I think target at 4.7 is a massive shout for this week and next week. Um, And then I think... Uh, they have a couple of other decent fixtures up until 38. I mean, there's a couple of hard ones mixed in there, but I think he's going to have a decent um, two weeks coming up. And then I've also said Fraser as well. Um, I know a lot of people are getting on Willick, um, which uh, Matt Day's pointed out, and, you know, he got on and he played really good and got a decent return. But Fraser had the 75 touches, seven key passes, got the assist and had three shots. So he just seemed to be everywhere. And he's one of those players that when he's fit and firing, you know, he's just unstoppable. And 
there is that sort of, I guess, question about whether he can stay fit. And especially with four games over the next two weeks, you know, he might get rested. But I think if someone's looking at a bit of a punt for two weeks, I, I wouldn't uh, put people off getting in Fraser. What about you, Damo? Yeah, so for mine, obviously, um, mentioned Adams earlier, uh, you know, sort of now that Adams peak, he returned again. But uh, he's still a good option. But for me this week, it's uh, Kulisevsky for me uh, for Spurs. Uh, and potentially Doherty if he's nailed. Yeah, 100%. What about you, D10? I just think Doherty's a great pick because I've had Emerson Royal in my side and Doherty is keeping him out. Doherty actually comes on, <laughs> he's scoring goals, he's getting assists, so it's a bit frustrating having Emerson Royal at the moment. Um, in terms of differential, I'm going to say Mares. I reckon he starts against Manchester United. And um, and obviously I spoke about uh, Anthony Gordon from Everton as well. I thought he was super impressive against Manchester City. Yep, no, 100%. I can't wait to watch Mares going at like the likes of Harry Maguire and uh, Shaw for 90 minutes. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll twist them, yep. <laughs> I think, he, I think um, <laughs> Maguire's going to pull his pretzel trying to keep up, I reckon. <laughs> twist the schnitzel, you reckon? <laughs> uh, we might get onto players to watch. I'll just uh, put down Vardy Madison. Um, with Leicester's decent fixtures coming up, I'm probably going to be getting in Madison, but if Vardy is, continues to impress um, with his little cameo this morning, it might be a bit of rejigging and trying to get him in up front. Um, what about you, Damo? Yeah, obviously last week was Libramento, and um, again, you know, now that pick, so... <laughs> Fly, all, com- all coming up, Rose, at the moment. Uh, for me, as I, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's Tony for me with, he, with his next two um, with his next two fixtures. I think uh, Tony uh, gets some attacking returns. What about you, Dan? Uh, what about you, D10? Talking about the Brentford next two fixtures, Christian Eriksen. Oh. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's about to start doing things like you, like he can, like we know. Um, I think this is just his little. His little uh, tests, his, um, you know, can he keep up with the level? Obviously, it's like, it's a hell of a thing to go through what he's been through. Um, and I think he's going to start hitting his straps again, and then he'll move to Tottenham in the in the uh, summer window. Summer? Yeah, summer window. Um, other players to watch? Oh, I, I did have one before I spoke about Christian Eriksen, and now it's left my mind. But um, probably Joa Linton and maybe Bruno Guimaraes as well from Newcastle. Bru- mate, uh, if Bruno Guimaraes starts, mate, he'll be in my side. He's so good. He's fantastic, him. isn't he? Yeah, so we'll go with those. Eh? We'll go with Bruno Guimaraes and uh, Christian Eriksen. I like it, mate. Uh, we might get on to the shit the bed segment. Um, Burnley for me. Just, um, yeah, like I, I know it's a, I have high standards when, you know, what Burnley have done this season, but. I just expected a bit better and, um, yeah, just definitely disappointed me. What about you, Demma? Uh, yeah, Burnley. <laughs> As I said earlier, the, they're the Burnley team. So, yeah. <laughs> what about Sweet. you, D10? I know this is your favourite segment, mate. Yeah, I just love the name. What a name for a segment. Um, <laughs> oh, look, obviously I've got to say Burnley with everyone else because uh, we brought in Ben Mee and he was meant to give me, like, 30 points this week after his 21-point hole. Um, it didn't seem to happen that way. Um, even even with the the Weghorst pick, and I haven't had Weghorst in my side. I I just kind of steered clear. I was lucky; I only took in um, one Burnley asset. Um, 
I'm kind of, you know, I'm rubbing my hands for this week, but I don't want to say too much in case it flops. <laughs> um, but, hey, mate, my other one is Pep Guardiola. Come on, mate. Why are you putting Mares in the bench? Play this guy. Play him 90 minutes, please. If not, please. send him to Newcastle so we can uh, get about yes. 1,000 gold. Exactly. So he can just go around in his spaceship. He's like the Jetsons, mate. He'll just land in the goal, you know? <laughs> 100%, mate. I might get on to our mailbag questions. So first Let's question we got is, for those wildcarding between 28 and 32, uh, mm. are you going Vardy or Kane? And where do you see Cooler, Chesky and Madison fitting into um, your midfield of the other options that are available? Um be interesting, actually. I actually don't mind the Kane over Vardy just because Kane looks like he's in form, but Vardy's one of those players, you know, he banged the goal in this morning, got the assist, and when he starts scoring, he usually goes on for about six or seven weeks. So it's a tough one, that one, but probably Kane for me at the moment, especially with the upcoming doubles as well. I think they've got more doubles to come after 30. So definitely think that I'm um, probably Kane for me. And then the likes of Kulicheski and uh, Maddo, I think Madison, for me, just because he's going to be more of a focal point for that uh, Leicester attack on those great fixtures, whereas Kulicheski is going to be sort of the third string is going to be the third amigo um, for me. So he might not be getting as much ball with uh, Kane and Son, but I don't think either option are bad. Um, And I'd probably nearly take Maddo over the likes of Rafinha. I know you'll probably um, strike me down for that one, D10, but... um, (laughs) <laughs> For me, I'd I'd be going Maddo over Rafinha and, um, you know, even Saka, I'd probably nearly go Madison over Saka as well for me. Um, what about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm – if I'm going to say this, it's probably going to be all in on, on Tottenham assets. So uh, Kane, Kulisevsky, uh would be the two that I'd sort of uh, bring in. But uh, Kulisevsky is going to be a tough – I. <laughs> It's an interesting one because would Colasesi be your Bowen be your Bowen sort of replacement? Like most of us have Bowen in the team, so would Kulisevsky be your Bowen replacement sort of thing? So like if you were going to fit him in year five sort of thing, um, but yeah. So but for me, if it's choice between Vardy or Kane, I'd be going Kane every day of the week. Every day of the week. What about your D ten? Yeah. Um... In terms of Kane or Vardy, um, at the moment I would have to say Harry Kane, simply because uh, I think I think Vardy's come back from an injury, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's been out yeah. for so quite a while. I think Harry Kane is uh, starting to hit that form, and obviously with the additions of uh, the Benson Kerr and Kulisevsky, the way Son's playing at the moment, I think Harry Kane is just an incredible asset. He's a little bit expensive, so I probably wouldn't go for either in my side because I like the cheap. Bit of Gucci uh, Kane, mate. Bitty yeah, Gucci. they are. He is. He is. No, he's a, he's way out there, mate. He's Giorgio Armani. Um, <laughs> I uh, I go for the cheaper forwards because in my midfield, and we'll, we'll chat about the midfield options now. Where does Kulusevski and Madison fit in? I love both those players. I did say and have said many, many times that Kulusevski and Benton Kerr were signings of the window. Like they're incredible. Um, and I think they've started. Well, they've already shown us that, um, you know, early on. But in my midfield of Salah, Mares, Coutinho, Rafinha, Bernardo, they're not taking the place of any. Um, I love all these five players. I wouldn't be swapping Kulusevski for Rafinha yet, or Mares for Madison. However, 
you know, we've only got about what I think uh, this is game week 28. So we've got 12 game weeks left. No, 10 game weeks left, sorry. 10 game weeks left. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe, maybe if I if I see that Mares uh, really isn't starting and he's just playing Champions League, then he could be making way for Madison, I think, because... Um, Madison, again, is one of those players. He just gets the ball in, in good areas. Very, very good 1v1. He has a great shot on him. Crosses, assists, passing. Like He's got all of those attacking assets. Um, he's almost like an old-style number 10. Yeah. But he obviously does a little bit more work, um, as you have to in the current game. But, um, yeah, that would be that'd be the one, if, if any. But I don't, I don't see him getting in my side at the moment. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, might get on to next question, which is what two Newcastle assets are you looking at? Um, I'm thinking of definitely target, and at the moment I'm sort of looking at possibly maybe a St. Max up front. Just want to get confirmation that he's good to go because I know he has posts on his Instagram um, talking about um, his back. <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure whether that means he's 100% fit, but I did hear uh, murmurs coming out of Newcastle camp that he – would have played last game, but they wanted to just make sure because obviously with the four fixtures coming up, they they don't want to lose him for that because it's a pretty important part of the season. So probably St. Max and Target for me, maybe Fraser if um if I'm not going to go St. Max. What about you, Damon? Yeah, for me, Target and Willock would be the two that I'd be looking at, especially with the double-double. Um, they're the two that have sort of shown that they can return and um, return well. So they're the two I'd be targeting. What about you, D10? I am hoping that St. Maximin has got his Gucci headband on this weekend because <laughs> I've played my bench boost and on my bench is Tiago Silva, Emerson Royal and St. Max. So my lineup doesn't really matter too much. But he will be my seventh double game week player um, if, if he's fit. So my two Newcastle picks, though, would be St. Maximin. Obviously, I think he, uh, you know I've had him in my side since the start of the season. I think you've got to stick with him. He's incredible. Um, yep. And jo- Joel Linton, mate. I'm saying Joel Linton. I like it, mate. Uh, the best form of uh, defense is attack, mate. So love it. Oh, def- um. Defending's boring anyway, mate. Why are you worried about it now? <laughs> Um, I'll get on to the next question, which is uh, Rafinha, Coutinho, Ward-Prowse, Willick, Ramsey, Pedro Neto, and Mount. Give me three out of the above options. I'd probably go Coutinho, Mount, especially if Chelsea get the double game week, and probably Rafinha slash Willick. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so for me, I think it's Rafinha and Coutinho, uh, one and two, not necessarily in that order. And for me, given that Newcastle have the double-double, it's got to be Willock as number three for me. What about you, D10? The choices were again? Uh, Rafinha, Coutinho, Ward-Prowse, Willick, Ramsey, Pedro, Neto and Mount. Ward-Prowse has a double as well. Yeah, just oh, you know, like coming forward, like oh, sorry, going forward. Newcastle have another double, do they? Yeah, they have a double in twenty nine as well. So they've got anyone with Chelsea and Palace twenty nine. Yeah, and then so they've got really a double, South- is it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got who? And then I think they've got Southampton and who else this week? Villa. Yeah, Villa and Southampton this week. So three out of the I'll four fixtures, it. I think, are decent. Coutinho, 
Rafinha and Ward Prowse. Yeah, interesting. I might go to the next one is, are you a safe manager on double game weeks looking to secure one return over two games or be greedy in going the potential player that has the highest chance of returning both games? Um, I'm not safe. I sort of like to go a good um, variety of um, good single game week fixtures, which gives you a sort of, I guess, um, a, a consistency of a safe floor. So say like a Salar or something like that that has a good fixture, I like to get them in just to give me a bit of a safe floor. And then I might go one or two double game week picks that might be a bit different. So obviously the likes of Target this week, lowly owned, but I have I think there's a potential that they, they could keep at least one to two clean sheets over the next um, four games and then obviously throw in an attack and return there. And then also St. Max, I think he's a bit of a high upside pick as well. What about you, Damo? Yeah, so uh, I... I'm going to say that I am a bit of a greedy manager when it comes to um, double game weeks. I, I I love I love having the the double game week players uh, in your side, like over a single game week player, and it has burnt me in the past. But um, but yeah, so I'm I'm one that I'm more favouring towards double game week players and single. What about you, D10? Um, I think there's two questions within the one here. Am I a safe player? Absolutely not. I do not. I do not like the template. Um, I, just, I just don't like it because some of the players on the template, I really don't enjoy watching them play. They're probably great FPL uh, returning players, or their shields and their EO XG, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not safe in that sense. Like I won't choose a player based upon their EO. Um, but in terms of having double game week players, like I've set my wild cup, not my wild cup, my wild card, I've set up for this double game week. Um, this look for an example. This week, my double game week players are Saar, Kilman, uh, Coutinho, Rafinha, Broja, Dennis, and Saint Maximin. And then the single game week players I've got are Cancelo, Alexander Arnold, Salah, Mares, and Bernardo. So. I, my single game week players are obviously very, very strong, uh, especially if Mario starts. Um, but yeah, I like having the doubles in there. I think it's more exciting as well. You get to watch double the amount of matches. It's a second chance. Even if they flop in one game, they can score and sort of get you points. You know, it just like I've always said, you know, FPL is in addition to watching football for me. That makes it more exciting if you've got two games to watch as opposed to one. Yeah, no, 100%. I think like if. You are going double game week plays. Having those one or two exciting double game week plays sort of makes it a uh, very interesting watch because, you know, you're getting to watch like a St. Max two games in a week rather than just watching him in the one. So I, I really like just going sort of that exciting one or two double game week picks and then just making sure you have a decent floor with your single game weeks and nailed on double game week plays. That's what I tried to do with Ben Me, mate. It's very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, yeah, nothing exciting about that, mate. Might <laughs> um, just go. Next question is: um, If you don't have him, is Rafinha worth going with? Um, I think we answered this earlier, but I'll just say uh, yes. I just think with their their fixtures, and then obviously there might be a bit of a new manager bounce. Obviously, he's going to come in and look at 
Rafinha and go, you know, you're our best attacking player. So I think that he's going to just tell Rafinha to attack and not to worry about um, trying to defend or anything like that. What do you think, Damon? Yeah, so um, in terms of Rafinha, I still think he's worthy of a spot. He's got Leicester, and I know Leicester won, but he's got Leicester and Villa next two. He he could be in for double-digit returns. So, like, he's, he's a class player. He's a clay, he, there's, there's no way he's going to be at least next season. Um, he'll be kidnapped in a Man City or a um, United shirt come season's end, which will probably make you excited, uh, Q. But, oh, I can't um, wait to ruin his career, mate. He'll be, he'll be on the bench <laughs> well, and then getting loaned back to Leeds in about well, six months. Well, he's, he's Brazilian, so <laughs> and you guys haven't, haven't really had a uh, good stretch with the Brazilians except Fred. Um, but, look... Uh, I reckon if you've got him, keep him. But you almost, that's 6.5. Oh, I'm not sure how much he is now, but um, he's coming up for me at 6.5 because I've had him for a while. Um, he's he's worth a shout. Like, he's, as I said, he's, he's almost a captaincy material this week if you don't have Coutinho. Yeah, 100%. What do you think, D10? Obviously, I know your opinion, but I'll ask it anyway. I reckon you should have him 101%. No. Um, look, he's... Leeds' most dangerous player in a struggling side in a team that needs to perform someone that's on corners and penalties I would say you would you definitely want to have him in he is like I've kept St. Maximum in my side if you go and have a look at the highest scoring forwards you know St. Maximum was the top and if not the top three he's been for the whole season I don't know where he stands currently because he's been out for the last couple but he's that type of player. He's a bit of a talisman for Leeds. Um, and I think FPL is kind of all about having those those types of players, you know. Um, as a as an example, or to give context, I was watching the analysis show today and they were saying that the goals have been very spread around at Burnley. And I think that's why no one can really put their finger on who they need in their side for all these Burnley double-ups and triple-ups, etc., etc. Um, but if it's Leeds, and like he's got a double game week now... Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, you need Rafinha. I've got Rafinha in my side. Yeah, 100%. Uh, next question is coming from Matt Day. He sent a live question in while we're doing the pod. So, um, what's a better keeper, double up, Saar and Dubravka? Dubrak- uh, is that his name? I can't. Uh, Dubravka. Yeah. Dubravka. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Ramsdale and Dubravka. Um, for me, probably Saar. Um just because you can then keep Saar for the rest of the season. Um, you can even keep both of them, and then the weeks that Saar doesn't have a favourable fixture, I think there might be three or four up until game week 38, you could probably plug in the Newcastle goalkeeper. What do you think, Demo? I don't think you can lose with any of those options. Saar's a great keeper. Dubravka's uh, got the double-double, and so is Ramsdale. So I actually don't think you can lose. It doesn't matter what option you pick. Um, there, so I think it's. Uh, I'd probably lean towards Arsenal. The uh, Arsenal, given that how sensational Ramsdale's been, but um, I just I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I think that it doesn't matter what you pick; it's um, it's going to be good. What about you, D10? I'd lean towards the sign out of those choices. Sign Dubravka because Dubravka's cheaper, I think, other other than Ramsdale. Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, as Damo said, I think mean, there's a bad choice. I probably rate Wolves defensive 
the, the defense a lot better than Arsenal's defense, but I think either either for me, those are two decent keeper options. They're probably going to be my one, two keeper options this season. Um, that once the season finishes, I think they're going to be one and two. Um, our last question is, are Wolves players even worth grabbing? Burnley double ups were flops. Um, I think if you're going to go like a Saar and then one other asset, so possibly I think I've got eight Nori in. So I think you can go one defensive player and the goalkeeper, but I probably wouldn't go two defensive players just because I think it's um, sort of similar to when people got the Chelsea double up in and then they didn't keep the clean sheet. You know, you got two blanks there, but at least with if you go Saar, you've got the pretty much a, a comfortable chance that he's going to get save points. So you've got the three base points there plus, you know, a goalkeeper return. I'm not sure about midfield options. I'm not sold on any at the moment. What about you, Demo? Um, in terms of Wolves' assets? Yeah, would um, you give the double up? Probably not. Probably Well, but, it, but I say probably not because um, Wolves have burnt me in the past. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I, they burnt me, I got rid of them, and then they went on a stretch. So I sort of had that residual resentment against them. So, um, eh, yeah, I think there's better options in terms of the doubles anyway um, instead of Wolves. So, yeah, that's where I sort of stand on that. What about you, D10? Well, I've got Summer and Kilman, so I think it's definitely good to have two Wolves assets. Um, I think the difference between Burnley and Wolves, like, you're talking about chalk and cheese. In, in, in terms of my, like my opinion, my point of view, it's chalk and cheese. Wolves, Ferrari, uh, and a Datsun, mate. That's what it is. That's exactly right. Uh, you could even go further to say it's probably a Lamborghini and a Datsun. But um, <laughs> like, I think like Wolves' a proven Saar is a, if is he the highest point goal scoring a goalkeeper or he's second to Edison? Uh, so, he's first at the moment. He's first at the moment, so there you go. You know, Nick Pope is not the first. Ben Mee certainly not up there as the first defender. So that's a big difference already between Burnley and Wolves assets. Uh, I think it's quite an interesting comparison. Um, are they going to get return, defensive returns against Crystal Palace and Watford? I would say yes. You know, I can see it happening against Watford, definitely. Crystal Palace, depends what kind of team turns up. If we've got the Elises and the Zahas and that all razzling, you know, like we've seen in the third game week of the season when I always say Zaha Tanganged, absolutely Tanganged Spurs. Um, you know, if that kind of Crystal Palace turns up, then it'll be an interesting game. But I think there's guaranteed points against Watford. No, 100%. Um, we might get into the guest quiz. You've already done this, D10, so I'm going to do it on Damo. So, Damo, I'm going to get you to pick <laughs> which player hey, you think yeah, is going to ha, score higher. How many how, more points? How many did I get as well? I think I got four I, out of five. I think, yeah, three out of five. I think uh, last three? week. Um, no, no, no. Come on now. I'll have Come to re-listen to the pod. I've actually got to go yeah. back through the pods and make sure I've got four a proper leaderboard. Five, but Aman got four out of five last week. So, I think... The best someone's got is four. So, Damo, um, I'm going to Yeah, I'm going to suck at this, but uh, <laughs> go on, it's, go on. It's actually harder than you think, I think. I, yeah. I thought that it could be <laughs> because easy. You pick, because you pick these ridiculous ones that are like <laughs> one different, of course it's going to be bloody hard. 
Yeah, yeah no, because it's going to be a couple of good ones. <laughs> it's going to be who's more expensive out of Matty Cash and Digne, and then you're going to be like, oh, it's uh, it's Cash. No, nah, they're the same. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, we might get into it. First one, Damo, is it Van Dyke or Bruno? Oh, Bruno's had a couple of hauls. Going to go Van Dyke. Uh, that is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, 130 shit. points to 127, so oh, shit. <laughs> not too bad. Um, next time we got Ward Prowse or Rafinha. Oh, Ward Prowse has been good lately, but Rafinha has been a star. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm going to go Rafinha. That's incorrect. Ward Damn. Prowse, 105 <laughs> to 104, so. Oh, <laughs> almost, made me, almost made me swear there. <laughs> mate, I love, love this game, mate. It's a stitch up. Um, next one is Kane or Mares. Oof. Oof. Oh. Kane's been woeful. I know he's. I know he's oh, jeez. He's been woeful, but Mares, I don't think Mares has started enough. Um, I'm going to go Kane. Uh, incorrect. That's Mares. <laughs> 97 to 96. Oh, come on. Wow. <laughs> hey, even then, even then, I would have, I would have picked Harry Kane just for those yeah. same reasons. I thought that was yeah. quite a wise choice. Wow. Oh, love it, mate. Uh, next time we got Bowen or Cancelo. Oh, I don't know how I can go against my boy Bowen, but, oh, gee, I think it's Cancelo. That's incorrect. It's Bowen. Oh, 152 damn. to 151. <laughs> Ah, oh, you prick! <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment you're sitting at one from four. So four, yeah, yeah. It's been full of stitch ups. I love it, mate. Yeah, uh, last one is Gallagher or Robertson. Oh, Robertson's <laughs> been great lately, but Gallagher's had a great season. But knowing you, you're going to try and stitch me up. Uh, I'm going to go Robertson. Uh, incorrect, Gallagher. Oh. <laughs> 119 to 118. <laughs> so the, so the uh, three that I've gotten wrong have been one point different. You absolute prick. <laughs> well, um, you can get your vengeance on me next week. So I'll have to prepare it. Yeah, done. Quality game. Hey, go and listen to mine back. I'm telling you, I had four. <laughs> uh, well, I actually I mean, think I, you did. Yeah, I, I, I think when we spoke last, I said I wasn't sure whether it was three or four. So you could be correct, mate. I'm going to have to go back. But um, yeah. We can comfortably say that you're beating Damo anyway, so. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, might get on to our team plans for this week. Um, at the moment, I made two transfers as soon as lockout happened. So I went Bruno to Salah and uh, Ben Mee back to Target. So I was only getting Ben Mee in for a one-week experience, and it was like uh, going to the theme park and it was closed. So um, didn't really get to enjoy much. So that at the moment, it's in a minus four. But I'm looking at possibly maybe a Dennis to St. Max for a minus eight or even um, a Mares to Mason Mount if Chelsea get the double. But at the moment, mm. sitting at a minus four. What about you, Damo? Yeah, I'm probably sitting on a minus four at the moment as well myself. But um, I don't know, like... I might even take a minus eight. I might even wild card. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's a sort of when you get into that sort of doing, you know, multiple moves and then you think, well, should I just wild card? So um, at the moment on the minus four, all in on sort of villa assets. So um, Digne, 
all cash and Coutinho. Um, definitely captain in Coutinho for myself. Um, but obviously with the Newey getting the double-double now, uh, you know, might just be wildcard time. So we'll um, have to see how the week progresses. But um, but yeah, at this stage, it'll definitely be two Villa assets at a minus four, um, with Coutinho being one of those options and then sort of tossing up between Cash and Dinier. Sounds good, mate. What about you, D10? Ben me out for Trent Alexander-Arnold. And Son out for Salah, so I'm on a negative four. But, um, yeah, my my team's looking ready to go. Obviously, like, the wild card was set for this one. Um, like yourself, I made my transfers after the lockout. In terms of the captaincy, I've got it on Coutinho right now. Um, I've obviously thought about Rafinha, but with the way Leeds are playing, I'm not sure. And I can't afford to have another Mares two-point captaincy. Um <laughs> I'm actually looking at Brozier. And reason being uh, is because you've got Aston Villa, Newcastle. I think he could score two, if not three goals across those um, two fixtures. And it's a very outside pick. I think it's one that if I get double his points, not many other people are going to um, capitalise on that. I could miss out on Coutinho and Rafinha, uh, but... You know, again, I'll get half their points, won't I? I've got to try and make moves where I'm going to at least try and increase my rank a little bit. So I, I could go for Brozier. I'm not, I'm not confirming. I don't want to go for Brozier. And then when I lock my team in and everyone hears this, and they're going to be like, oh, but you said, like, yeah, well, look, mate. You know. <laughs> sometimes we fly the spaceship here. Sometimes we land it there, you know? Like, mm. you, you can't be too <laughs> upset. You can't be too upset. So I'm thinking about Brozier um for that reason. But at the moment, it's on Coutinho. Yeah. No, I'm thinking the same. I think my captaincy at the moment is Coutinho, but I'm sort of looking at maybe just going Salah and just, you know, hoping that he, he hauls against... Um... <laughs> Get, gets five goals against West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh. I'm, I'm going to say this here, uh, Quentin. As I said, and I'm not as confident. Oh, I'm you not as confident. West Ham going to not... beat Liverpool. I'm not going to say we're going to beat them, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to say we're we're not going to. Well, I'm, I'm basically saying either we win, scrappy one nil win, or um, we draw. But I think field. it's going. But I think it's going to be Liverpool blank. I think it's going to be like if it's a draw, I think it's going to be two or or they're going to win and it's going to be like three two or three one to Ooh. Liverpool. I think we're just too scrappy at the moment for it to for us to score multiple goals. So I reckon we're going to keep it scrappy, and I can see us sort of pinching a one nil win. Mate, Salah lives in the trenches, mate. <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah, no, that's a fair shout. If I had Rafinha, I'd probably look at him as well, but I sort of don't. And I'd actually, I was actually had a thought today, maybe go target. <laughs> That's a captaincy option, <laughs> but that might be a little bit far too out of the out of the spaceship. But if I get Saint Max in and he's deemed fit, you know, he could be an option as well. Yeah, you could switch it right at the last moment. I'll tell you what though, just before we finish, crazier things have happened in football. But to to look at that West Ham Liverpool fixture at Anfield <laughs> and think that they might get a scrappy one 0 win is looking <laughs> Through some absolute well, hammer tinted glasses, I, I, did, I must the say. Last, 
the first time I mentioned, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first time I mentioned West Ham are massive is, <laughs> I believe, when we beat Liverpool the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was 3-2, wasn't this it? This season. Yeah, it was I believe it yeah. was. So, so, as you said, D10, stranger things can happen. They have. But, they have. but remember, you've got to understand, and I think I was saying this to you earlier about West Ham, right? It is the West Ham way to lose to a relegation-threatened team yes, uh, and then come out and be a top dog. So... Sounds a bit spursy, mate. Sounds a bit spursy. <laughs> Do you know how true that is? It's, it's probably right that this week Antonio gets a hat-trick. When everyone sells him, correct. Yeah, And just enlarge like everyone and then uh, does the thing in the crowd where he grabs his little stencil cutout and then... <laughs> Dances around on the pitch. You know what? We need to get Antonio scoring goals again because his goal celebrations are great. Hundred <laughs> yeah, um, percent. Well, that about wraps up the pod this week. It uh, was supposed to be a quicker one, but um, we just love <laughs> talking football. So <laughs> I just have a feeling that our pods are never going to be short. Which I don't mind. I like listening to longer pods, Look, but. We did try. We we actually put a plan in place. So we so to the listeners, we did actually try to make it a smaller pod. But I like talking football too much, so it's not uh, always going to work out. But um, head over to our Twitter FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz for all of um, Damo's West Ham propaganda, uh, out of the box um, picks for our scores. <laughs> um, over and check out his Twitter. Um, head over to D10 Football. He His football philosophy is just amazing. He puts up awesome videos of, um, I guess, the inner workings of Razzlers and football, the mechanics, the techers, and then also um, talks a bit of FPL as well. But, yeah, no, great quality character, mate, and I enjoy um, associating with you, mate. It's a good laugh. <laughs> Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on again. And also head over to, I think you're on TikTok as well and Instagram um, for all your football stuff as well, your videos and tutorials. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Instagram's probably the strongest. I know most people in the community that listen to this podcast will be on uh, Twitter. Uh, but if you do have Instagram, yeah, please check it out because uh, if, if you like my content, yeah, then there's much more of it. No, definitely. And if you do want any free content, just uh, put a few wages to him, mate. He's good for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm not. I'm not happy about losing that wager either. It was one goal each, but you've you've just destroyed me because Leeds let in seven. That was it. That was the difference, you know. Mate, that's it, mate. I it's feel hard on the crumbles, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, <it's> a... <laughs> for all our podcasts, head over to Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Leave a five star rating if you like our content. If you don't like it, leave one anyway, and we'll um, definitely reach ears of people that haven't heard us yet and might like our content. And good luck this week, fellas. Hopefully it's some green arrows. And remember, D10, uh, green arrow for you, mate. 60 to 70.